This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. At this moment, it's my great honor to introduce Chairman Mike Bost, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and a father and grandfather of American patriots serving in our nation's military. In the 118th Congress, Representative Boss serves on three key committees, Veterans Affairs, Transportation, Infrastructure, and Agriculture. On the Veterans Affairs Committee, he serves as the chairman. And prior to his election to Congress, Congressman Boss served for two decades in the Illinois House of Representatives, rising to the leadership position of House Republican Caucus Chair. He is a great supporter of Israel and works tirelessly to strengthen the U.S.-Israel partnership. And he's been to Israel a great many times uh, with his spouse, Tracy Bost, and other members of Congress. We thank you so much for joining us, Chairman Bost. Joel, thank you. And, and first off, I want to say thank you for having me here this evening. It was great to be with friends and uh, the supporters and, and uh, partnerships between the United States and Israel. I want to thank Joel and Natasha and all they've had worked so hard to make sure that message is getting out. Now my wife Tracy and I, there's Tracy right here. It's good to see you today, by the way. So, um, you know, she's here tonight because this is an important issue to her and, and I as well. You know, she, she uh, personally felt it was important that she had to be here. And Tracy and I have been to Israel several times, as Joel mentioned. When we've been there, we've made a tremendous amount of friends. We've learned a tremendous amount above and beyond our own faith. And we know that Israel is a chosen land. But it's under difficult circumstances right now. When we watched what happened earlier last month, what we're seeing truly is a battle between good and evil, between peace and war, between light and darkness. We were all shaken to the core after the barbaric acts of October 7th. As members of Congress, we were asked a few weeks ago to actually come into this room and watch the unedited films that had been put together that many of the Hamas themselves had filmed with GoPro cameras, dash cams of people who were massacred. We came in in a bipartisan manner, sat here, and watched it on this screen. It was about an hour. I lasted through seven minutes. I don't have to watch a film to know what evil is. So we wanna pray for the innocent men and women and children who were taken hostage and they're still hostages today, including some American citizens as well. There's no doubt that Israel is in for its fight for its very existence. When we hear chants of from the river to the sea, Hamas has made it clear that their plan continues to be wiping Israel off the map. Isn't it amazing? It's something that's been going on since Israel first was blessed by God to take the nation. And it's happened so many times. 
their mission is not complete. So calling for a ceasefire isn't good because they'll be back as long as they exist and as long as they have a drive that is a spiritual drive to them. But our spiritual drive should be to protect Israel at all costs. Their mission, as I said, is not complete. That's why America has to stand shoulder to shoulder with Israel as the great nation that we are and the great nation that they are because we understand peace. And we understand, unfortunately, that peace occurs by strength. And unfortunately, the United States here recently has not shown that strength. So our cause for peace is truly a cause that we have to fight for. I actually joined the Marine Corps at 18 years old, um, turned 19 in Marine Corps boot camp, because I was uh, 18 years old, 10 foot tall and bulletproof, and believed that after the Iran hostage situation that I was gonna go change the world. I actually woke up in Marine Corps boot camp and realized I just wanted to survive Marine Corps boot camp. But there is a passion and a drive in a lot of our US citizens to make things right in the world. And we all wish it was through peace, but peace can only be obtained through strength. And that's why we need to make sure we continue to stand righteously with Israel. Through it all, our relationship with Israel is going to become stronger. Recent years, we've moved the American embassy to Jerusalem, something that needed to be done a long time ago. We strengthened the security with our allies. We opened diplomatic relationship between Israel and several Arab nations, which people said it couldn't be done. The Abraham Accords are amazing. Folks, we can strive for that peace, but we must do it through strength, and we must do it from this body to make sure that we support Israel every chance we get. I know Israel will survive this challenge, but it will strengthen it. We have a role to play in making that happen. And we have to do something else here in the nation as well. We have to stand up against anti-Semitism on our campuses and in this place right here. No one, no one can say they're for peace when believing that we need to destroy an entire people. That is not what we stand for and it's not what Israel stands for. So we're gonna make this partnership stronger. Let me tell you that many of our colleagues are joining us here tonight and um, we're gonna stand with Israel. We're gonna stand with Israel because we know who they are, we know what they stand for, and we stand together. So I wanna thank you for having me here tonight. And uh, Joel and Natasha, just thank you so much for putting this on and, and know that the battle is not over but we'll be fighting it together. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairman Boss, for your partnership and leadership and your unwavering support of Israel. At this moment, I'd like to introduce to you Congressman Dan Newhouse, who represents Washington's fourth district in Congress. Congressman Newhouse served four terms as a legislator in the Washington State House of Representatives and then as director of Washington's State Department of Agriculture. He serves on the Appropriations Committee and he has shown his unwavering support of Israel during this difficult hour and stands with the Jewish American community. Thank you so much, Congressman. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
I just want to say thank you for inviting me. Thanks to my friend and colleague, Mike Bost, who, as you've heard, I keep telling him he's got to work on his passion, right? He, he, needs to, he needs to express that passion. He is such a strong advocate for the things that he believes in, chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee, and he brings that passion for our veterans every single day. And you saw what he feels about our strong relationship with the people in Israel. It's, it truly is an inspiration to me. You know, in the wake of the attacks by Hamas on Israel, um, I just want to express my commitment to stand with our friend, our biggest friend in the Middle East, the state of Israel. I've been there. We took a trip uh, nine years ago to Israel, and I can't wait to go back, and that's in the planning works. Uh, we want to go back to, and through personal interaction, strengthen our relationship. I think that is so important. This is not only for you, but for the benefit of probably the dozen Jewish people in my district. We don't have a, a big population of Jews in central Washington, but one very important person to me, my wife, is of Jewish descent, so this is a very personal thing to me as well. Um, this past week, some of you saw the testimony in one of our committees, some of our major university presidents could not answer a simple question. It's appalling to me that Jewish students cannot feel comfortable even going to lunch on their college campuses. Uh, that college and university presidents will not condemn language calling for the genocide of Jews. And this is in, last I checked, 2023. It just amazes me that we have this situation still amongst us. Mr. Boss said something about the Abraham Accords. I think that for the Jewish people to develop peaceful relationships for their neighbors, their Muslim neighbors in the Middle East is key, and we've got to continue to work on that. Just about two weeks ago, in this very room where you're sitting right now, a large group of members of Congress watched the unfiltered, unedited uh, film footage taken from cell phone cameras, security cameras, whatever source could be put together of the barbaric attack on the Jewish people on October 7th. And let me just describe that day to you a little bit. There was, you could hear a pin drop in the room the only other sound was sniffles of people weeping. It was just so quiet. I think Mr. Meeks from New York helped present the film to us that day. And he said he, he's going to leave the room because he had seen it once and he didn't need to see it a second time. And I didn't understand what that meant. But the horrific sights of what happened on that day. If, it, if that doesn't steal the resolve of the U.S. Congress to stand firm with our friend of, of Israel, I don't know what will. But I can assure you that we will stand firm with Israel. We will stand strong, and we will continue to make sure we do everything we can that, to allow Israel to defend herself against these horrific attacks and prevent them from ever happening again. So thank you very much for letting me be with you. Just a few minutes. Thank you so much, Congressman Newhouse. 
I'm Natasha Serdochko, founder of the International Leaders Summit, Jerusalem Leaders Summit, and co-host of America's Roundtable Radio. It is my great pleasure to introduce our next speaker, Congressman Van Orden. Uh, Congressman Derek Van Orden proudly represents the people of Wisconsin's 3rd Congressional District. An American patriot and retired Navy SEAL, uh, Congressman Van Orden has dedicated his life to serving and protecting Americans. Uh, Congressman Derek Van Orden's life of public service began when he joined the Navy at the age of 18. He had the honor, the honor to serve a great nation for 26 years, retiring as a Navy SEAL senior chief. He's a strong supporter of strengthening America's ties with Israel on the economic and security fronts. Right after October 7, 2023, Congressman Van Orden traveled to Israel, visiting medical facilities, meeting with citizens and both government and military officials. He was on Israeli soil, affirming America's sacrosanct relationship with Israel and the Jewish people. Thank you so much. Please join me in welcoming Congressman Derek Van Orden. Thank you so much. I'd just like to acknowledge a couple guys in the back there. They showed up. They're uh, old teammates of mine. Old frogmen, the back, combat veterans, both. We have multiple combat tours around the world, and I volunteered for all of them. But the United States government gets to pick your war. So in 2014, when I retired from the SEAL teams, I made a solemn promise to the Jewish people that if anything like October 7th ever were to happen, that I would do my best to aid Israel. I failed to mention this to my wife. And so when I was bucking to get out of here. It's like, why are you going back into an uncertain combat zone? And I told her I made this oath. And then my wife asked me why I was still here. That is a SEAL team wife. The things that I was exposed to in Israel put me on my heels. They were horrific, indescribable, vicious and evil. I went to kibbutzims, spoke to these people, stood with a man, both of his parents were Holocaust survivors who were slaughtered in their home. I went to the Nova Music Festival where over 200 children, and I called them children because our youngest child is 25, were killed brutally. And I looked around the detritus that was there, and I saw these festival cups and I asked the Israeli minister who I was with if I could take them home as a physical reminder that these were children and that they weren't a slogan or a saying or a chant. And, and this is one of those cups. So that cup bore witness to the 21st century Holocaust that took place on October 7th. And I will never forget it. No one can ever tell me that those events didn't take place. They can never say that it wasn't as bad as it was. No one can ever equivocate what's taking place in Gaza with, with what took place on October 7th in Israel. Because there was a ceasefire on October 6th. Wasn't there? So this is inexcusable. Members of the body that I'm so proud to serve in are anti-Semites. And one of my proudest moments in Congress was to stand on the House floor and excoriate one of them for calling for the eradication for the Jewish people. I will not tolerate that in my presence. One of the things that I got to go do was go visit some children, 18-year-old children who had volunteered to pick olives on a mountain outside of Jerusalem. 
And of course, they're 18 year olds, so all the boys are here and all the girls are here. And I sat down and I talked to him. And I said, young people your age, Jewish people, are gonna be exposed to things that no child should ever have to be exposed to. And you're gonna to have to do things that no child should ever have to do. But if you don't, you will be eradicated as a people. And now is not the time to mourn. It is not. Now is the time to steal your spine and fight! There are people in this house that will stand with you from the beginning to the end to make sure it never happens from the river to the sea. You have my solemn oath. And may God bless you. May God bless the Israeli people. Thank you so much, uh, Congressman Van Orden, for joining us. At this moment, we'd like to introduce Congressman Don Bacon. He was elected to Congress in 2016, representing Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District. And during his career in the U.S. Air Force, Congressman Bacon specialized in electronic warfare, intelligence, and reconnaissance. And Congressman Bacon served 16 assignments, including four deployments across the globe, three of which were in the Middle East, and one assignment to Iraq, 2007 to 2008, during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Thank you so much indeed for joining us, Congressman Bacon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, sir. Don't you love, uh, we call him DVO. He's got great passion and he's, and he's a hoot to work with. He's got a lot of, a lot of charisma, as you can tell. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you tonight, and I want to share my story. I became pro-Israel at the age of roughly five years old. Why was that? Well, my dad had daily devotions. I was the oldest of nine. I didn't have nine brothers and sisters at the time I was five. But I remember I said, I don't really like doing these daily devotions every day, but dad was good. He, he knew, uh, knew instilling us important truths. But one of the truths that he thought was important came right out of Genesis. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. And I have learned that since I was a little boy. And my dad was very active in politics, so he would be mad if a president didn't support Israel. And I, so I, I got this reoccurring theme throughout my whole childhood and through high school. And then when I was 15 years old, my dad sent me to, a, to Israel. I was, uh, this is 1979, but don't do the math. And I loved it. Because first of all, I love history, I love geography, and I love my faith. And uh, to be there, to see things firsthand, uh, move me. But one thing that really stood out was when I went to the Holocaust Museum. It's different then than it is today. Uh, this is 1979. Now I had head knowledge of the Holocaust, being a 15 year old. But I don't know that I didn't have heart knowledge or really internalized what that meant. And going to that memorial, it really dug deep into my heart, my soul, and what it really meant for each of those six million individuals, their families, what it meant to Europe. I mean. And, and that legacy or that travesty that carries on today. But really what got me was we went to the Knesset afterwards. And I had, a, I remember this tour guide, I have no idea who he was, but I remember this tour guide got in and said, you were just at the Holocaust Museum. Well, we have the Knesset here today so that that will never happen again. And my heart burned. I've never, I think my heart has had that burning passion for Israel ever since. Fast forward. I was a colonel at Ramstein, the deputy commander at 3rd Air Force. Now, 3rd Air Force oversees the 10 Air Force bases in Europe. But my three-star boss, I was the deputy, 
uh, also was given the mission to work with Israel, and particularly to stand up long-range missile defense, which means when you're the deputy, you get that task. And so the Israelis built a great missile, the Arrow missile, and it was focused on long-range missile defense. Our job was to put in one of the, the, well, the best radar in the world. If you go there today, you can see it. It's a beautiful radar. It has a great long-range capabilities, and it's meant to help target the Arrow and, and interdict or intercept incoming missiles from Iran. But that wasn't even good enough. We had to also do the infrared satellites, because even with that radar, there's three minutes or so from the launch before the radar can see it because of the curvature, curvature of the Earth. So my, another part of my task was get the infrared satellites queued in with that radar, and then we practiced every day until I got a new, a new assignment. But I was so proud to be there after I went there as a congressman to see that very site uh, where we put, put that radar in, and, and the Americans and Israelis still working together on this missile defense capability, which was used to intercept missiles and drones from Yemen since October 7th. And uh, so I, I feel pride here that we were part of a team that made that happen. When I got elected in 2016, I told my community, I told the, our Jewish community, our pro-Israel community, I didn't want to just be a supporter of Israel, but that I wanted to be a champion. I'd like to be the champion, but we have a lot of champions here. So I want to be a champ, one of the champions because I have no moral ambiguity about this. I have total clarity about where we should stand with Israel. To summarize at least my views, I want to talk about October 7th, but I think we have a, a, a spiritual reason to stand with Israel, shoulder to shoulder. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. We have a moral reason we need a home, a safe haven for Jews all over the world. We've had thousands of years of persecution. The Holocaust being one of the most notable, obviously, but it's not just that. It goes way before that. We saw what happened with Hamas, why that hate that's there. Israel is that safe haven to protect the Jewish people all over the world who are being persecuted. But I also see practical reasons. Everything I've done with the Israelis is win-win. When we sell military capabilities to Israel, they make it better, and then, they, then we get those technology gains back. We have an iterative back and forth on capability. Some of our best seekers on warheads today were originally ours that the Israelis improved, and now they're much better. We gain from intelligence. We have great satellite overhead intelligence. The Israelis do great on the ground, and it's a win-win relationship. And there have been times where the Israelis have taken actions that we knew that should have been done, but we're reluctant to do so. Taking down the, the nuclear reactor in Iraq, taking down the nuclear reactor in Syria, and I could go on and on, probably things that many people don't even know about, but again, a win-win relationship. And let's be clear about October 7th, that was war. And it's not just a one-time occurrence. This is gonna be a recurring occurrence. As long as they have capabilities, they're gonna go after the Jewish people, anywhere in the world, but they are dedicated to the elimination of Israel. And that's just fact. But it wasn't just about killing as many Israelis as they could. It was about the torture. It was about the barbarism. It was about the dehumanizing. It was, it was about debasing the people that they inflicted this, these murders on and the torture. It was barbaric. The Israelis have every right to go in and totally destroy Hamas which means they got to totally take the Gaza Strip, right? It means they need to kill every Hamas terrorist they find. 
I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a war fighter. That's the way we think. These folks are dedicated to the Israeli destruction. They have every right to go in and get every single Hamas terrorist they can find. And then we gotta find a way to have a, a better peace in Gaza after that. And that, that will be a challenge. But one thing for sure, there should be zero Hamas leadership in Gaza when this is all said and done. And we need to be doing everything we can to help the Israelis get back their, the 130 plus kidnapped victims that, that we have. My heart goes out to all the Israelis. And I will tell you, all the Jewish people in America probably know folks who were either murdered or kidnapped or know families that did. My heart's with you on that. So today, I pledge once again, a pledge that I have felt in my heart from being a little, bo little young boy, that we will stand 100% with Israel and we will defend Israel in the courts or in just in the fight for the human mind. Because right now, all this media about what's going on in, in Gaza City this, with the bombings, let's be clear, the Israelis are following the rule of law. They're targeting Hamas targets who purposely embed themselves in schools, hospitals, and with citizens. They're using the citizens as human shields. They're the ones creating the crimes against humanity, crimes of war, by what they're doing. So I appreciate the opportunity to once again state my support. And as I am often introduced in Israel, I will always be the most kosher bacon. Thank you. I would uh, like to take this opportunity to invite uh, Congresswoman Amata Radwagen, and uh, she joined us in the European Parliament just a few months ago with Chairman Mike Bost and uh, the Committee uh, for Veterans Affairs, and it's so good to have you joining us today uh, to share your words of support uh, for Israel and the Jewish American community. I've had the great joy to visit Israel, to see Jerusalem, and take time at many of the important and historic sites there. These places are treasures to people of faith all over the world. And in American Samoa, my home district, I am blessed to represent people of strong faith, and I know I speak for them when I say it is truly an honor to stand with the people of Israel. We think of the beautiful words of Psalm 122, and with you, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Even more so, as our thoughts are with Jerusalem for these eight days of Hanukkah. Together, we stand in unity to fully condemn the lawless violence of October 7th by the Hamas terrorists. We oppose anti-Semitism everywhere and fully support Israel's security and Israel's right to defend their people and their nation. We know the people of Israel will not waver. Earlier this year, the state of Israel celebrated 75 years of independence. For these 75 years and many years in the future, Israel has been and will be a dependable friend to the United States and doubly important as an allied democracy in an important region of the world. May God bless our friendship and strengthen the people of Israel. Thank you. Thank you. 
This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.